latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Thursday, January 11th, 2024, not 2023. I've made that mistake like about 10 out of 11 days so far. So 2024, the Feast of St. Marciana in the late 3rd century in what is current day Algeria lived a young lady by the name of Marciana. She was known for her piety and her beauty. She dedicated her virginity to God and lived as a hermit in a cave near the Roman city. But during the Diocletian brutal persecution of the Christians there, Marciana felt divinely inspired to leave her cave and enter the bustling city. Now think about that for a moment. You are living as a hermit in a cave and you're living a very holy life. And you know that if you go into the city, they're killing Catholics left and right. And you say, hmm, I feel like God is calling me to go into the city. Well, this is her. She does. So she goes into the city and Marciana saw a marble statue of the goddess Diana. Now, you have to remember the idols of the pagans were not simply just statues representing the gods. They were the gods themselves. So if you think about some people knocking down statues in America today. People are offended by that because they're representative. They're symbols of things that we want to keep in mind. But to them, it is actually attacking the gods themselves. So overcome with disdain for the idol, Marciana toppled and shattered the idol of Diana. This exhibited great strength, and many would say that it was miraculous that a young, beautiful lady, such as herself, who lived in a cave, who fasted constantly, was able to muster up the strength to knock over and topple a marble statue and behead it. So this act led to her capture and trial before an imperial magistrate where she boldly denounced the pagan gods and glorified the one true God despite facing death. She was condemned to be abused publicly by gladiators, but Marciana's purity and faith miraculously protected her for three hours, during which time not a single person could touch her, leading to the conversion of one of the gladiators. Being frustrated by this, the magistrate then sentenced her to be torn apart by wild beasts in the arena. Now, this was a common fate for Christian martyrs at this time. But when they released a lion into the pit, the lion approached her, gently placed his paw on her body, and then turned around and let her be. Now, amidst this miraculous event, the crowd began to change sentiments and started calling for the release of Marciana. But then a group of Jews in the crowd began to incite them to attack and to say death to Marciana. And so they started shouting death to Marciana. And so the magistrate then relented and released a wild bull. So this bull was then released and it mortally wounded Marciana and many rushed to her aid to try to save her life. But they ordered them to be to leave her be. And a leopard was then released, which ultimately killed her. 
Before her death, she expressed her unwavering faith and love in Christ, praying out loud, O Christ, I adore and love thee. Thou wert with me in the prison and kept me pure. Now thou dost call me, O my divine master, and I go happily to thee, receive my soul. And she died. So what can we learn from St. Marciana and what should we pray for to the Marciana on this, her feast day? Well, divine providence gave St. Marciana the strength to push over the idol and destroy it. But it did not give her the strength to throw the Roman magistrate to the ground and kill him. It was necessary for her first to resist the trials miraculously and then to perish. While she was breaking the idol and resisting, she proved that God was with her. Once this proof was evident, the moment arrived for her to bear witness to the faith. Then she died a martyr and her example passed to history. So let us pray to St. Marciana, asking her to help us to be faithful to the counter-revolutionary cause as she was to her vocation of being a martyr. St. Marciana, pray Pray for for us. us. Joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. Wow. Man, the... uh... The martyrs of the church, you know, they, they really are the seed of the church. How, how beautiful it is in the midst of that awful scene that people are moved to conversion at the sight of, of her, uh, you know, standing up for Christ, for what she believes in. It's incredible. Yeah, that story, I was like, whew, that was, it could, that could be a movie itself too. A lot of these stories are just so riveting. You're just like, man, why is there not just a whole industry of, Catholic movies about these amazing saints being being put out like all the time. Yeah. It's really sad. It's really sad. But yeah, she was whoo, the knocking down the idols. Just imagine like you have a skinny, small, very beautiful young lady uh, climb up on and just knock over a giant idol. Imagine if we had that kind of conviction today, that kind of spirit. Reminds me of what Fulton Sheen said. He said the the enemies of the church have all zeal but no truth, mm. whereas Christians have all truth but no zeal. And I'm like, wow, so true, King. So true. <laughs> but, Rudy, you know what today is? Today is Thursday, and it's Friday Eve. It is Friday Eve. That's but true. I think there might be something else today. Today? Something else here. Is also. Take a look at my calendar. It is also the Thursday during Epiphany Tide. And you know what people do during Epiphany Tide, Rudy? They give gifts. They give gifts. And I was thinking, okay, if I was to get someone a gift. I haven't received one yet, what, by the way. Um, it's in the mail. Oh, I mailed okay. you your gift. It's good. It'll arrive oh. soon, I promise. All right. Uh, just keep. Just wait by the mailbox. I, it'll hmm. show up. I know it's getting cold, but you just put on a parka. You'll be good. <laughs> so... One gift idea that I cannot give to Rudy because he can't win this, actually. But if you go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle, well, you can actually buy a raffle ticket for a chance to win a brand new Mercedes Benz 2023 or is it 2024? Is it 2024? Yeah, it's 2024 and in black and night black. So there you go. You can get that Mercedes Benz and you can not only get it for yourself. But you can pay it forward and you can actually buy a raffle ticket for someone else. Someone that you think might need a Mercedes Benz or need a new car, you know. Then you can actually pay it forward. I think it would be a really cool gift during Epiphany Tide to get somebody 
one of those raffle tickets as a gift. GRNonline.com forward slash raffle to pick up your tickets and pay it forward. We're on a pay it forward campaign. We I think we have, let me check here, 88 pay it forward tickets sold so far. And we have a lot to go. So we would like to sell a thousand pay it forward tickets. So if you would like to participate in that, then make sure that you go to GRNonline.com forward slash CDT to do so. All right, at 15 past the hour today, there were armed gangs that took over a television station. I don't know if you heard that story. Plus, a man on video attacks a Las Vegas judge. You may have heard that story or maybe saw that video. It went viral a couple weeks ago. But there's an interesting take that I think I wanted to share with you. Plus, Pope Francis makes a comment on Marxism, and we're going to talk about that as well. At 30 past the hour, Preston Noel, a spokesman for the Society for the American Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, will be joining us to talk about false and true elites. And in the next hour, Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today will be joining us to talk about the Holy Face devotion. All this coming up, so make sure you stick with us. But let's begin with prayer. We're going to be praying for your intentions, whatever it is that you have going on in your life. We're going to be praying for the salvation of souls, the liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church, for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. And we pray, and I want to ask for our special prayers for healing of my grandfather's cancer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. The divine praises as an act of reparation against blasphemies against the most holy name of Jesus. Blessed be God, blessed be his holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be his most sacred heart, blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Blessed be the great mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, virgin and mother. Blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here are some of your breaking news and headlines this morning. DeSantis vows to fire FBI officials who targeted Catholics, says, going to be a reckoning. He says, uh, on day one, you're going to have a new director of the FBI. You're going to have new people in the Department of Justice, Governor DeSantis said. He said he wants to take power out of D.C. in contrast to President Trump, who said he wants to build a new FBI headquarters in Washington. He continues saying, if an FBI agent is going to go after parents going to a school board meeting, I'm firing those people. If the FBI is colluding with big tech to censor dissent in this country, I'm firing those people. If the FBI is passing around memos saying observant Catholics are potential terrorists, I'm firing those people. The 2024 Republican presidential candidate made comments during the Fox News town hall in response to a question about weaponized government. And an update on the McCarrick situation. McCarrick was found incompetent to stand trial in Wisconsin, and this case has been suspended. The criminal sexual assault case against former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick in Wisconsin has been suspended after a psychologist hired by the court found that the former prelate is not competent to stand trial. The findings of incompetence in Washington echo the results of psychological exams conducted on McCarrick when he was being prosecuted in Massachusetts for child sexual abuse, a case that was dismissed on August 30th of last year. 
but you can't escape the justice of God. And the Daily Wire reports Hunter Biden makes a surprise appearance while lawmakers meet on holding him in contempt. A video showed Hunter Biden walking into the same room where members of the House were meeting, surrounded by his lawyers and sitting down in the audience with his arms crossed. Lawmakers subpoenaed Biden to appear for a deposition as part of an anti-corruption, or rather the corruption-based impeachment probe into his father, President Biden, who is also looking into the business dealings of the Biden family and uh, how the Department of Justice has handled its criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. Now, this is some of your headline news this morning, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. The gospel of the day comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Here is when the leper comes to our Lord, beseeching him for help. He heals him and he tells him, do not tell anyone. And what does he do? He immediately begins to publish and blaze it abroad to everyone. So that's what we're talking about today. And verse 43, our Lord says, and he strictly charged him and forthwith sent him away. He basically is telling him, and then I'll just read 44 as well. And he saith to him, see thou tell no one, but go show thyself to the high priest and offer for thyself a cleansing the things that Moses commanded for a testimony to them. Now, here he's telling him not to tell anyone. Why? Because he doesn't want the crowd to mob him for one and two out of humility to avoid the applause of men. He's giving us an example. Obviously, our Lord was not going to fall into the sin of pride. He didn't need to guard himself against that. But... He's given an example to you and I that when we do good things, when we do things worthy of applause, let us hide ourselves so that way we not receive the adulation of man. In verse 45, though, we see, and but he being gone out began to publish and to blaze abroad the word so he could not openly go into the city, but was out it without in desert places and they flocked to him from all sides. So Cornelius Lapide says that the miracle here, the leper clearly thought that it was not binding on him to to obey this because it was out of humility and modesty that he enjoined him to silence. And so the person who does the good deed has a sense of an obligation to be humble about it. Whereas the one receiving a gift has the duty to thank and praise their benefactors, to do good for their benefactors. So, too, must we act do we give thanks to those who benefit us, who give us benefits? Mostly, and most ultimately, Almighty God. Do we give Him the praise and glory? Do we shout from the rooftops the good things that He has done for us? Perhaps that's something that you and I could do today. We'll be right back, right after this. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. Have you ever felt like a failure? A failure at work, at home, and perhaps even in your marriage? One of the ways to overcome this nagging lie in your mind is to remember who you are. Parents need to remember before you're a mom or a dad, you are a husband and wife. And before you're a spouse, you're a son or daughter of God. To maintain a healthy perspective in our lives, we need to confidently reclaim our identity. God, your heavenly father, will never see you as a failure. He delights in you as his beloved child. That is your true identity. And this is the identity we need to help form in our children. It is by delighting in them and loving them as your son or daughter that they can more easily believe that they are God's son or daughter. Do your children know you delight in them? Do they know they are loved passionately and individually? Imaging God's love for your children is an important role that every parent plays in the life of their child. For more encouragement and resources on parenting, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org.
Listen to The Spirit World with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Demonic activity appears to be on the rise. I'm Debbie Giorgiani, and I invite you to join Adam Bly and me this weekend for The Spirit World. On The Spirit World, we offer a Catholic perspective on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. Saturdays at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Guadalupe Radio Network and other EWTN radio affiliates. Visit grnonline.com slash spiritworld. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. It's always good to be with you. Especially on a Thursday, what Rudy calls Friday Eve. It is, it is in fact, Friday Eve. And can you believe it? Yesterday was Thursday Eve. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. But we are still in... The Christmas season. Kinda, not really. Eh, it depends on who you ask. But I choose to celebrate Christmas all the way until February 2nd, the presentation and the purification of Our Lady. Celebrate Candlemas. And so I go into February 2nd. And that means that during this Epiphany Tide, we can still give gifts. So if you'd like to give a gift of a brand new vehicle, well, you can get an opportunity to win one. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle. That's grnonline.com forward slash raffle. And you can pick up a raffle ticket and pay it forward to somebody that you think would like to win a brand new vehicle. So that's a Mercedes Benz 2024 in night black. And you could win that at grnonline.com forward slash raffle. We're trying to pay it forward campaign. And right now we've sold 90 pay it forward tickets. You could be the 91st. So make sure you go there and pick up a ticket today. All right. On to the stories. There's one story that I mentioned yesterday that I wanted to talk about just simply because it's kind of a big deal. It's not happening in the United States, but it is a big deal because, like I mentioned before, the rising tensions in other countries is how we get a World War III. We do not get a World War III the way that people think is just like there's one bad guy that starts to try to take over the world. And so the different countries unite. And the next thing you know, all the evil countries unite and the good countries unite and they battle it out. That's not what happens. That's not what's going to, it's going to happen. What was most likely going to happen is what some people refer to as the popcorn effect. And what do we say? What do we mean by that? Well, what happens whenever you make popcorn? You put some oil in a pan you light the fire, you heat up the oil, then you pour the kernels in, and they pop. But they don't pop all at once. They start popping one at a time. One at a time, different kernels start popping until you have a bowl full of popcorn. And so, too, with what people are theorizing about how a World War III will happen. There will be one war that breaks out over here, another war that breaks out over here, maybe some political strife over here. Maybe a civil war over there. And then next thing you know, there's wars all over the world. And then what happens? Okay, then people start trying to create allies. They need help. They need supplies. They need food. They need rations, all these things. So then they start making allies. They start calling in favors. They start calling in allyships, contracts, treaties. And so then next thing you know, there's different alliances happening. And then over time, whether that be quickly, whether it be the time be a week, a month, a year, or maybe multiple years, you have a World War III. 
And that's why I think it's important to keep an eye on these stories as they develop. So, so gunmen took over an Ecuadorian television station during a live broadcast on Tuesday as the country descended into further chaos and a state of armed conflict was declared. The incident comes after Adolfo Macias, a convicted, le- a convicted leader of one of the country's most powerful gangs, gangs, escaped prison on Monday, sending shockwaves throughout the entire country. This is from the Daily Wire. During the storming of the public TC television station, uh, gunshots were heard and alleged explosives were shown by members of the well, we'll just say gangs because I don't want to try to pronounce the names. And the Washington Post reported that the enforcement confirmed the, the arrest of at least 13 alleged gang members involved in the incident. What's crazy to me is that they don't have a way to shut this off because it was completely broadcast. You can watch. I'm looking at it right now, actually, of the gunmen coming in, pointing guns at the camera, pointing guns at the host. And they're showing explosive devices to the cameras. It is very concerning to see something like that happen. Representative Dan Crenshaw, who actually was uh, lived in Ecuador for a time, he said that right now Ecuador is experiencing an all-out cartel takeover. They're executing hostages, taking over prisons, and stormed a news station on live TV. I used to live in Ecuador. My dad took an oil job there for a year and a half while I was in middle school. Nothing like this was happening over the past 20 years. Cartels and drug traffickers have become far too powerful and more dangerous than ever. Now, what's concerning about that is it looks like this could happen to other South American countries, Central American countries that have a major cartel presence. And if that happens closer and closer to home, it is a threat to the United States and to our home. But of course, we should be wary and and worry about our fellow humans in other countries, right? So we shouldn't just be like, well, it's someone else's country, so whatever. So we should actually be sympathetic to them, even if it didn't have relevancy, direct relevancy to us. But it does. So it's all the more reason to pay attention to it. So that's that story. We'll keep an eye and I'll let you know as we start seeing more and more of these kind of armed conflicts rising in other countries. Uh, Next week, I think I'll have a guest on to talk about Taiwan and that situation because the Chinese Communist Party did say they will be taking Taiwan no matter what. They hope it will be peaceful, but they will be taking them no matter what. So that is very concerning. So there's this story from Katholisch.de, which is a German Catholic well, Catholic, I'll say, a German a news outlet reporting on, on the news from the Vatican. And they said, Pope, Marxists, and Christians have a common mission. Hmm, that's very interesting. Pope Francis encouraged the Marxist-Christian dialogue group, Dialop, to work together for the disadvantage and against corruption and abuse of power. Christians, as well as socialists, Marxists, and communists, should build a better fraternal future for a world divided by wars and polarization, said Francis at a reception in the Vatican on Wednesday. He said it was important to overcome rigid, divisive approaches, conduct disputes with an open heart, and listen to one another without excluding anyone on political, social, or religious grounds. The Pope wished for the courage to step outside the box, as well as an openness and dialogue for new paths, 
Full attention must be paid to the weak, the poor, the unemployed, the homeless, migrants, and exploited, and all those who are marginalized and a by throwaway culture. They should, quote, not stop dreaming of a better world in which ideals such as liberty, equality, dignity, and fraternity are upheld. These ideals are a mirror of God's dream for humanity, end quote. That's very concerning. That's very concerning because what is liberty, equality, and fraternity? Those are the values of the French Revolution. Those are the ones that was the calling cry of the French Revolution as they were executing Catholics left and right, as they killed almost all the bishops in France, as they started to plunder the convents and the monasteries. Very concerning. Very, very concerning. Now, the question is, is Pope Francis right? Should we have this kind of relationship with Marxists and communists and socialists? Well, someone might say, okay, well, you know, maybe he's going too far with the communists, but, you know, socialists we could dialogue with. And it's funny because I actually remember doing a, I used to teach catechism class and um, I did a whole day dedicated to communism. And immediately people were asked, okay, why are you talking about politics in a catechism class? That's not, that's not appropriate. But, and so I, I even have a slide here and I pulled up my old slides and it says, what, what does this have to do with Catholicism? Okay, well, here's the answer. Communism has been condemned by no less than 10 popes. Blessed Pius IX, Leo XIII, St. Pius X, Benedict XVI, Benedict XV, Pius XI, Pius XII, John XXIII, Paul VI, John Paul II, and Benedict XVI. There's only one person missing from that list in the last popes. Blessed Pius IX said, quote, You are aware indeed that the goal of this most in Iquitous plot is to drive people to overthrow the entire order of human affairs and to draw them over to the wicked theories of this socialism and communism by confusing them with perverted teachings. Leo XIII said, Communism, socialism is the ruin of all institutions. Yea, this change and overthrow is deliberately planned and put forward by many associations of communist and socialist. Leo XIII also said, they, the socialist, communist, and nihilist, debase the natural union of man and woman. They assail the right of property sanctioned by natural law. They strive to seize and hold in common whatever has been acquired either by title or lawful inheritance. St. Pius X said, The audacity and frivolity of men who call themselves Catholic and dream of reshaping society under such conditions and establishing on earth over and beyond the pale of the Catholic Church, the reign of love and justice. What are they going to produce? A mere verbal and chimerical construction in which we shall see glowing in jubilee and in seductive confusion the words liberty, justice, fraternity, love, equality, and human exaltation. Here he's referring to the communist. Benedict XV says, the condemnation of socialism should not be forgotten. He goes on from there, but I won't read the whole quote. Pius XI said, Socialism, if it remains truly socialism, cannot be reconciled with the teachings of the Catholic Church because its concept of society itself is utterly foreign to Christian truth. Pius XII said, The Church will fight to the end in defense of supreme values 
threatened by socialism. Supreme values, the dignity of man and salvation of souls. John the 23rd said that the pious Pope Pius XI further emphasized the fundamental opposition between communism and Christianity. No Catholic could subscribe even to moderate socialism. John the 23rd. That no Catholic could subscribe even to moderate socialism. It places too severe a restraint on human liberty and at the same time flouting the true notion of social order. Paul VI, who had a position of auspolitik of wanting to appease the communist government, which was very controversial during his papacy, even he said, too often Christians attracted by socialism tend to idealize it. They refuse to recognize the limitations of the historical socialist movements, which remain conditioned by the ideologues from which they originated. John Paul II, the fundamental error of socialism is anthropological in nature. Socialism, likewise, maintains that the good of the individual can be realized without reference to his free choice. And finally, Benedict XV said, We do not need a state which regulates and controls everything, but a state which, in accordance with the principles of subsidiarity, generously acknowledges and supports initiatives arising from the different social forces and combines spontaneity with closeness to those in need. So, in simple terms, five reasons why it's bad. Private property is natural human rights. Communism violates subsidiarity. There is a persecution of the church by communists. It is necessarily atheist. And five, class warfare is wrong and not inevitable. So, there you go. There are the reasons why... We cannot have a dialogue with communists. We cannot have union with the communists. We must fight against them. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years, you know, because there's so much trash. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. If your purpose in life is to find God, not just here, but after you die, then living out that purpose is going to color absolutely everything you do. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the Church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and uh, here are some more headlines for you. Just in case you missed the uh, story of the uh, the, uh, the Ecuadorian takeover, Ecuador is in a, a bloody civil war as the drug cartels take over the country. 
Ecuador has erupted into what many are calling a civil war after drug cartels have launched a catastrophic amount of violence across the country with scenes that are reminiscent of dystopian post-apocalyptic films. Ecuadorian President Daniel Noboa signed an executive order declaring an internal armed conflict and designated 20 drug trafficking gangs as terrorist organizations, which gives Ecuador's military the ability to neutralize them within the confines of international law, the AP reports. The recent surge in violence uh, launched on January 7th after the police moved into a prison where Adolfo, otherwise known as Fito Macias, a high-profile leader of one of Ecuador's most notorious gangs, was being held. Macias was serving a 34-year sentence following a conviction on drug trafficking, murder, and organized crime charges. Authorities were planning to transfer him to a smaller prison within the same compound, which was considered safer, but upon arriving at his cell, guards found that it was empty. Authorities are not sure how Macias escaped, but two prison guards have been charged in aiding him. After news of the escape was made public, riots were triggered in the at least six jails across the country with multiple prison guards being taken hostage. And the federal court says no to administration appliance regulation. Otherwise, come and take it. A federal court on Monday hindered the latest attempt by the Biden administration's Department of Energy to regulate household appliances. In 2022, the Department of Energy tightened the regulatory regime surrounding America's dishwashers and laundry machines, the ruling stated. The department's actions were arbitrary and capricious. So uh, I guess crank on the, uh, the, old, uh, the old stove there, the gas stove there. You're probably going to be fine. <laughs> Those are some of your headlines this morning. Thank you for listening to Catholic Drive Time. And uh, may God bless all of your holy efforts today. Well, thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. I like uh, keeping an eye on the news. So that way, I don't necessarily have to keep looking at all every single website. I yeah. can just listen to Rudy Carlos and then and get all the news told to me. Amazing. Yeah. Now, as for me and my house, we shall continue cooking with our prized stove, gas stove. We're not going to replace it. Yeah. I come, had to use electric stove come and a couple it. times, and it's terrible. Look at me. I'm a it. Texan now. I'm saying things like that. Yeah, do come, you have, come and take it. Do you have a, did you have a gas stove in California when you lived there? Uh, yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's the norm. They didn't there. take them away from you? Nope. Wow. Okay. Well, praise be to God. I guess they're going to do that in New York first and then try to get it over to other places, but I hope the gas stove stays. Have you seen those pictures of like the gas stove and it has a flag and they put come and take it <laughs> i think that's hilarious i want to know which burner you go to go on go on to our social feeds go on to youtube and search for catholic drive time let me know which burner you go to are you left burner supremacy are you right burner supremacy i want to know so personally i'm top left burner top left top left wow yep. top okay. left and then you know what that means right what does that mean it means you're a psycho oh wow yikes <laughs> and then the far right the far right side is uh for the comida so he uh, put in to make tortillas. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a right burner supremacy guy. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, joining us right now is Mr. Preston Noel. He's a spokesman for the Society for the American Defense for Tradition, Family, and Property. He And I love the way he describes himself on his uh, Twitter bio. He says, a cradle Catholic counter-revolutionary, defender of natural law, and unbashed patriotic American. Good morning to you, Mr. Preston. Good morning, Adrian. How are you doing, sir? Praise be to God. It's good to be here. It's good to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, Mr. Preston, there is a situation going on in the world today 
that is, one could say it's concerning. It's very interesting, to say the least. And that's the fact that we have these kind of mm, celebrity worship, where we have these kind of people. I'm thinking of, especially in recent times, Taylor Swift is a is a huge one, but just celebrity culture in general, where you have these these false elites that are up there, and people say, okay, well, we want to have this kind of adulation for somebody. And I always look at that, and I'm like, yikes. Where are the good people to look up to? Where are the people that we want to see and set up as an example? And some people will go so far as to say, no, we must despise all elites. We must get rid of the hierarchy. We must get rid of the idea of nobility and elitism and all these kind of things. But, Mr. Preston, what's your take on this? Okay, so this is a really, really interesting topic. And um, it's one that I think is not given enough importance, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you have brought this up. The, the fact is that most of the good people who are out there typically are absent from the public square. This is a serious problem. And one of the reasons they're absent, well, first of all, it can be a sin of omission not to engage. But aside from that, when you have political commentators who are considered to be very conservative, attacking all the elites, they themselves are part of the elite. It tends to discourage people who have wonderful things that they can they can bring to the to the table, bring to society and culture and help inspire good people to be better and to be more active to fight against evil. So one on the one hand, you have the problem of people who bash all elites indiscriminately. And then on the other hand, you have the problem of people who should be stepping forward, but don't do so for many different reasons. And part of the, part of the solution to this, I believe is, uh, is explained very well in, in a book on the papal allocutions of Pius XII to the Roman patrician and nobility. The title of the book is nobility and analogous traditional elites published in six languages, 1993, by the founder of the Brazilian Society for the Defense of Tradition and Family Property, Professor Plinio Correia de Oliveira, where he goes and he shows that these allocutions that Pope Pius XII gave to the Roman patrician and nobility from 1940 to 1958, on the occasion of their Christmas greetings with him, he laid out and showed that they had a very serious obligation to be active in society, that they should not sit back on their, rest on their laurels, that they should let the, the light of their faith spread and be seen, not having the faith being put under a bushel basket. Go out and do it. And he said that the page in history had been turned, and the the requirements, the demands of society from prior prior centuries had changed. Hmm. So he said, this is not about going back and reestablishing a military nobility in places where that could happen. It's not that at all. He said, it's about what can we do today? What can you do today? What are your obligations today? He, he highlighted some of them. Some of them would be, for instance, in the realm of finance, in the, in, in the university setting in homes with their friends, 
spreading a true Catholic sense of virtue and striving towards perfection and so on. I don't want to. No, I'm that's not great. Praise be to God, Mr. Preston. That's very helpful. And, you know, one thing that I was thinking about as you're, you're, you're speaking was that I was talking to somebody very recently. And we were talking about there was a, a scandal of a famous person who did something that was that was just not very it wasn't that he did things very like really, really bad, but he just was very flippant and very casual in a setting that should not have been so. And I was criticizing it and my friend was like, Well, you know, whatever. He's he's a famous person, but you know, he's he's a typically a good person and he, people shouldn't be looking up to him anyway. But I made the point, well, he's in the public eye. And he's kind of seen as a Christian. He's seen as a Catholic. And so people should, in fact, look up to him and he should set himself as an example. And since he knows that people have eyes on him, he should hold himself to a higher standard. Is that is that right, Mr. Preston? Of course, that's correct. And even more, the the uh, the essence of nobility is charity. Thomas Aquinas talks a lot about this in the book that I mentioned. I'll just show it here so somebody see what this book is. I don't know if it that can't doesn't look like it's coming through, but the book is spectacular. The 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 need to strive towards perfection is incumbent upon everybody, not just on kings, on princes, on nobles, on priests and cardinals and popes. It's incumbent on all of us to strive towards perfection. We may never reach it. We may reach relative perfection in this life, but we should strive for that. It just so happens that the group of people in society, in the United States, we don't have a, a, a title of nobility as prescribed by the Constitution. But in other countries, they do. When, when people do the best they can, one group tends to stick out. They're called nobles. We can talk more about it in a, in a moment. Yes, so we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about nobility. As Americans, we're kind of a disposition of anti-nobility. We have a kind of anti-monarchical point of view. And whenever we hear nobility elites, we're thinking, oh, the evil monarchy. So when we come back, we're going to ask Mr. Preston about the evil monarchy and the bad elites and the bad nobility. We'll talk all this and much more on Catholic Drive Time right after this. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control and church was actually a a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time. And I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, When Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, there truly is a, a feeling of, of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside and I'm, and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to invite you to listen to A Life Lived Joyfully, a show where we explore the call to holiness and the life of virtue. 
Join our hosts, Martha Fernandez Sardina, Monsignor Charles Pope, Steve Gleason, and Sarah Soto, as they discuss ways to live an authentic Catholic life, to strive for holiness, and grow in virtue. Tune in Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also be a part of the conversation with questions or comments at 877-757-9424. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. It's always good to be with you. No matter what anybody says, don't let them tell you. It's good to be with you. It's so good to be here, especially during Epiphany Tide. It's a great time to be here celebrating the birth of Christ. I'm personally going to keep celebrating all the way to February 2nd. I'm going to leave my tree up and I'm going to have the nativity scene out. I'm personally very excited to uh, to continue it on. I don't know. Some people take it down on Christmas Day. Some people take it down on the on the epiphany and others that are a little bit stranger like myself will keep them up all the way until February 2nd, the feast of the purification of the blessed Virgin. Um, but there you go. But joining us right now is Mr. Preston Noel. He's a spokesman for the society of American defense for tradition, family and property. He is a cradle Catholic and counter revolutionary. He is a defender of natural law and an unabashed patriotic american good morning to you mr preston thank you again adrian great to be with you praise be to god it's good to have you on before we went to break we were chatting about the structure of nobility and how everyone is called to be perfect we're all called to set a good example in the public sphere but you know there's in america we have this kind of sense of an anti monarchy, anti-nobility. We hear those words, the the language of nobility, the language of elites, and we think new world order, we think uh, revolution, we think all these ideas, and it's very difficult to overcome. But Rudy, you and I were talking during the break, and you had mentioned something about the founding of America. It's not quite the way that we think of things today. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Preston, you know, I'm curious to get your take on this. Uh, I was talking to uh, Mr. Charles Colomb, and Charles Colomb was telling me that you know a lot of the the original founders of the country they had a firsthand experience of monarchy and so when they were crafting the state when they were crafting the united states they had sort of an understanding of what worked what didn't and even even to the point where some of the names of the positions of of government have retained uh, monarchical names and so for us as americans now you know ages after we have a disconnect from that, right? We, we don't understand it. But the original founders of the country kind of had uh, an understanding and maybe implemented some of that into our country, no? Yes, actually, the, um, the monarchic sentiment through in, the, in, the, in the founding period was very strong, so much so that there were those who wanted to make George Washington king, which he did not, did not accept. There's a famous painting that's in the book that I mentioned, uh, uh, Nobility and Analogous Tradition at least. It's a famous painting of a reception uh, with uh, uh, Martha Washington and, and uh, President Washington. And it's as if he's a king. You take a look at the photograph. He's wearing gloves. He didn't shake anybody's hand. He, didn't sh- he bowed. He did not shake hands. He be he behaved like a king, even though he was not a king, it, because the monarchic principle is so set into into human nature that this is what happens naturally inside the family. the The father is like the king, the mother is like the queen, and the the the, the children 
are the people. And if we take a look in the life of our Lord, the first miracle where he turned water into wine, he did it because Our Lady asked him to do it. Why did she ask him to do it? She asked him to do it because she saw the wedding party was running out of wine and it would be very humiliating. So she, acting like the nobility, went to the the person who could fix this problem and asked him, and he did it. The history is full of examples of these kinds of things. In terms of the United States, some people say, well, are you a monarchist? Yes, I am a monarchist, but I don't think we're ready for a monarchy today. Who would who would be the king? The king in a in a in a healthy monarchy, a healthy Catholic monarchy in particular, is like a father of the people. We don't have anybody like that. I'm sorry to say. I wish we did, but we don't. So in the book on nobility that I mentioned, there's a whole section in the appendices that deals with legitimate forms of government. And St. Thomas Aquinas deals with them quite a bit. You've got three forms primarily: monarchy aristocracy, and democracy. But he said the best in principle is a monarchy. Why? Because it's a unitary form of government. It's not divided. But since it's reasonable that a people may think another form of government is more suited to them, it's it's acceptable that they choose another form of government. But he, he said he thought the best form was one that combined elements of all three. It's called a mixed form. Aristocracy, uh, monarchy, aristocracy, and, and democracy, all in one. So there is a lot of room for uh, discussion about these things. And uh, when you have a lot of bad elites around, it's very, very difficult to make the case why monarchy is a good thing. Imagine <laughs> that I ask, I'm going to ask Adrian, Adrian, it, it, do you have... Can you tell me if you have a what car you would say is the very best car that exists? The very best car that exists, uh, definitely yeah. a Dodge Ram fifteen hundred. <laughs> That's what you think. That's I know it for a fact. I know it for certain. Okay, okay, okay. So now you've got this absolutely phenomenal car, and a wrecking ball comes and wow, smashes it to 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 smithereens, and then you say, "Well, look at this marvelous car." This, this is great, isn't it? This is the best car in the world. Well, but guess what? It's just been destroyed by this wrecking ball. That's kind of what we're talking about with monarchy. It has been attacked and vilified for so long that it's hard to point to good examples of it. But if we take a look back in history, which we should do, we take a look back in, in the time of St. Louis, King of France, St. Louis IX, he was known as the, the just king. Hmm. He would go throughout the realm to the small towns and villages and sit down under the the large oak tree and hold court. And anybody could bring their complaints to him. Any magistrate who had harmed someone, he would deal justice to them. Can we do that with the president of the United States today? Not a chance. But he was beloved by his people. And he feared the curse of a widow more than the armies of the Mohammedans. Why? Because that, that widow has a direct line to God, and he knew that could be really, really bad circumstances. So he lived a marvelous, holy life as a king. And we're impoverished if we don't know these things. We need to increase our knowledge of these things. So, so I'm, Mr. Preston, I'm so how, do we, how do we deal with the fact that in our current day we have a lot of false elites and we have no nobility? 
And the true elites are advocating their duties. We have people who would be rightfully considered elites, people who are business owners and local local elites, these kind of things. But they don't want the adulation. They don't want the role of elite. And so instead, they kind of advocate it. And then the bad elites are like, well, we'll, we'll take the prestige. We'll take all these things. So what do we do in those kind of situations? So, so we need to do our very best to persuade these people to get active and Uh, when this book came out about 30 years ago, I visited many, many, many different people and I can detect elites. I can, I can, I can feel it. There's something about them. And what I would say, if I, if I'm in, could be an attorney, could be a professor, could be someone who's from a, an illustrious family. I would just say, you know, you're one of the elite and and they would would take umbrage. I said, I'm going to prove it to you. If I treated, if I were to treat you with any one ounce less respect, then that to which you are due, you'd get very upset with me. Isn't that right? <laughs> that is one of the argument, of course. So the, the key is to encourage them to become active. And th- there are many people who are very active, for instance, in the pro-life, pro-life movement. They, do you think people are getting rich being pro-life? No. Do you think they're, they're, they, when they go out in front of an abortion mill and they're praying the rosary and someone comes and attacks them, that they, they, they're storing up blessings in heaven, if you ask me. These people... You have elites all, all throughout society. It's not just at the top. They, you have elites among plumbers, for heaven's sakes. I could give an example of that, but I know we're short on time. But elites are built into, into society. It's just the way things work. And so we should encourage those people that are good to be better, to be more faithful. And if they're not Catholic, become Catholic. I know a bunch of converts, and they're really excellent people. I'm not going to mention any names, but... And they are part of an elite, and, and they, they are cognizant of that, and they are doing very good things. I know a lot of people like this. We just need more. Yes. Because the other side yes. is huge. Yeah, that's very interesting to think about, especially considering the foreword to the Book of Nobility, the American edition, is was written not by a Catholic, but by a Protestant. And I thought that was fairly interesting. So why was that the case? Because it kind of sent a message because, you know, America really is a, a Protestant nation at its core. Well, Morton Blackwell is a good friend. And I don't know if you've read that introduction, that foreword, but in it, he says, someone might ask what an Episcopalian married to a Southern Baptist is doing, writing a foreword to a book on papal nobility and allocutions. He said, one need not be a papist to, to recognize that legitimate elites are good, desirable, and, yes, necessary. He's one of the elite, by the way. He is, even though he's not yet Catholic. Not yet. <laughs> well, praise Don't you like God. the way I've said that? A- amen. <laughs> amen. Well, the, so that brings up another good point. The military because right now there is a giant smashing of the military, but the military is where traditionally elites would come from. That's true. And uh, in, in our country, if you look in the, uh, take a look at, at people from the South in particular, you'll find that the men many times have a bunch of letters and numbers after their name. Those are titles of uh, their military prowess and stuff like that. They want people to know that. It's mm-hmm. still a big deal. Even though they're trying to, they're trying to smash the military right now with wokeism and transgenderism, all these things. It's a, it's a terrible attack on our country. Yes, I know. This as a real thing where people attack the military, and by attacking the military, they seek to try to denigrate 
these kind of uh, dispositions of admiration because there is this natural sense among especially young boys this sense of like oh you see the military like oh that's really cool i know whenever i was a kid and my little brother as well we both had great admiration for the military we thought it was amazing to see these people do these amazing feats and yet now they kind of denigrate that and to this day i i'm like i respect the military but i personally would not encourage someone to join because of the craziness that is happening in the military uh mr preston we have about one minute left with you and where can people pick up the book and then what any parting words okay thank you adrian uh this book can be purchased at tfp.org tfp.org you can also get it on amazon and uh parting words uh i like to think of myself as being an encourager in chief so i like to encourage you adrian to keep up keep up doing all the great work you're doing Praise be to God. Thank you very much, Mr. Preston. God bless you. God love you. And keep up the good fight in uh, Washington, D.C. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And that's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. If you'd like to stay with us for the next hour, Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today will be on with us talking about the Holy Face. We're talking about the devotion to the Holy Face coming up in just one moment. But yes, let me encourage you today. If you feel as though that you have a sense of calling towards a life of perfection. And here's a, here's a uh, sneak peek. You do. Um, yeah, I heard it from um, a guy. His name is Jesus. When he Spoiler said, alert. Uh, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. If you feel as though you have a calling to be perfect, well, today is the day to start. Don't put it off till tomorrow. You can start it today. God bless you. God love you. And I'll see you very soon. This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson. The Pennsylvania Department of Health has released its annual report on abortion for 2022. It shows the number of complications up 50% one year and have tripled in the last five years. Total abortion numbers, almost 35,000 in 2022, amount to 134 abortions every weekday. And over 10% of those could be considered pain-capable abortions performed after 12 weeks gestation. An earlier report in December shows that for 2023, half of the abortion clinics in Pennsylvania failed state inspections. Pennsylvania is one of the few states where law requires detailed outcomes to the practice of abortion. Warming up for the D.C. March for Life next Friday, the 19th, Florida will have its state March for Life this Saturday in Jacksonville starting at 10 a.m. Other events nationally can be found at marchforlife.org. This is Life News Radio. Persecution around the world has manifested itself through the centuries, but it is worse today than ever before. Aid to the Church in Need and its donors have been there to help since 1947, never abandoning the Church or her most vulnerable children. Will you stand up for your faith and accompany our brothers and sisters on their spiritual journey? Visit churchinneed.org. churchinneed.org rebuked twice in federal courts already this year. The Biden White House continues seeking ways to reintroduce abortion to states with abortion bans by again rewriting old 1986 federal hospital emergency room requirements. Alliance Defending Freedom attorneys say the latest rule could force health workers to participate in abortion despite their religious or moral beliefs. For pro-life headlines delivered to your email address daily, sign up at lifenews.com. This has been Life News Radio. 
I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be on with you today. Yes, it's good to be with you. No matter what anyone says, don't let them tell you. You tell them, no, it is in fact good to be here. If someone starts being a Debbie Downer at work today, they're like, man, it's Thursday. I'm, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to be. Just tell them, no, it's good to be here. Yeah, praise be to God. Yeah, Rudy, I'm looking at you, Mr. Debbie Downer, <laughs> Mr. Rudy Downer. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you Debbie. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Adrian. It you know, is good to be here. I had a. We just wrapped up an awesome conversation with Mr. Preston Noel. It was edifying. He's spokesman for the book of Nobility and Analogous Elites. Excellent book. It was a. It's a commentation on Pius XII's allocutions, which were basically his addresses to the nobility in Rome. So it's really interesting to read it. I'm I'm like 50 pages in. It's pretty. It's a pretty big book. It's a hefty book, but it's it's really interesting, and I found it very encouraging to read. I agree. I would like to read it, and I love that he brought up the fact that you know the family is structured this way. It's structured in an elite way. At least that's the ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here we're talking about the the ideal, and um, if we can start in our own home. We can take this to a, a um, more of a macro scale. You know, it's a micro scale to start at home. A macro scale is to take it out into society and build a culture of just elites. Speaking of elites, if you would like to be an elite oh, driving yeah. off in a Mercedes Benz 2024 BNZ GLB 250, Mercedes Benz GLB 250. As one might say, nah, 250. Pronounce it right. 250. You could actually drive away with one of those. You could be cruising in style, looking like an elite. All you have to go to is grnonline.com forward slash raffle. grnonline.com forward slash raffle. And you can actually get a raffle ticket for a chance to win a brand new Mercedes Benz. Maybe you can start spreading this concept of being elite mm. by buying a pay it forward ticket for somebody you know and love somebody mm. you know that needs a car and you can say listen it's time to be an elite it's time for you to start being perfect as our heavenly father has called us to be perfect you can drive this perfect car i'm going to give you a chance to win this wonderful luxurious i mean i'm looking at the pictures on grnonline.com forward slash raffle that is a nice car. So you could pay it forward. Our, our goal here is to have a 1,000 pay-it-forward tickets in this campaign because generosity really can change the world. So if you want to be part of that, we're at 90 tickets so far. So we got a ways to go. Want to get to a 1,000, go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle to participate, and maybe you might win. There you go. 
Joining us right now is Alan Smith with, you thought I was going to say Bishop Sheen today, but no, it's Alan Smith from HolyFaceMiracle.com. That's HolyFaceMiracle.com, not Bishop Sheen today. Good morning to you, Alan. Good morning, Adrian. It is great to be here. It's uh, nice to have uh, two monikers that I can uh, present to people, uh, one as a Fulton Sheen expert and the other as an expert on the devotion to the holy face of Jesus. And uh, people would ask me, why the two? Well, the two are connected uh, because Archbishop Sheen spoke about the holy face and he spoke about St. Therese, the little flower, uh, many times. And so it's a natural connection. And of course, Fulton Sheen wrote a great deal against communism, war, uh, evil men, like all of this. So uh, the two are inseparable, I think, Bishop Sheen and the Holy Face. And uh, I tell you, there's many miracles happening uh, every day uh, by people joining the great army of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face and praying the devotions of the of the holy face and so lots of miracles you know alan it's really interesting because i was we're talking about elites right and nobility and bishops are natural nobility they're natural elites in fact they're known as princes of the church and fulton sheen understood that in a very clear way we talked in the past about the dignity of the priesthood and in his book on that and you see him whenever he presents himself in public he doesn't wear the clerical suit. No, he wears the Episcopal regalia, the, the bishop regalia. He wears the hat, the cape, the pectoral cross, the cassock, all of it. He wears it all to show who he is because he lends authority to the words he says. And then he proclaims that. And I thought that's very interesting to think about when we talk about Fulton Sheen. And speaking of Fulton Sheen and the holy face, and there is a quote here from Way of the Cross for Communist. A Good Friday address from Fulton Sheen. He says here, quote, Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. Human beings were not all meant to carry either a sickle or a hammer. Some are meant to carry towels to wipe away the beads on feverish brows, to stroke the arching head and to touch the worn face as with healing wings. Such was the mission of Veronica, who dared brave a violent mob to refresh the savior and in reward to receive on her towel the imprint of the face that saved the world. Alan, what are your thoughts on Fulton Sheen's comments about St. Veronica? Yeah, uh, he is inviting us to be the next generation of Veronicas. Uh, he presents this story of uh, a young woman um, just, you know, breaking through the the mob to uh, take her veil off and to console our blessed Lord. And so she gives us that holy example. And uh, Fulton Sheen is saying, I want you to be the next Veronica. I want you to each day compassion our Lord. Um, and I think it's just a beautiful invitation. Um, how many of us think, yeah, I want to compassion our Lord. I want to make some reparation for not only my sins, but the sins of the world. And I think as you start to make reparation, as you start to uh, put your eyes upon uh, the face of our Lord in, of course, that beautiful representation of the veil of Veronica, your heart starts to change. It really does. But it was that invitation that Fulton Sheen gave us back in 1948 to become a new generation of Veronicas to compassion our Lord.
Mm, amen. Amen. And, you know, it's interesting that he kind of connects this to the communist. Why is it that he connects this here to the hammer and sickle? Well, when you start to study the uh, devotion to the holy face and the history of its um, presentation to the world, it's a representation. The devotion to the holy face has, uh, you know, been with the church since the very beginning. Uh, the Vatican has uh, reverenced the veil of Veronica for many years, processed it through the streets. But yet in the 1840s, the 1850s, uh, this is where communism was, uh, we like to say, being birthed and rising up. And there was revolutionary men, um, you know, in uh, all over Europe. Uh, again, the Vatican was seized. Uh, the Pope was displaced, uh, you know, in 1849. Uh, the Pope was not even there because the revolutionary men had taken over. Uh, there was war in the streets. And so this uprising needed to be combated with a spiritual battle. And and that, of course, is the holy face and, uh, I guess, making reparation against these blasphemies, the profanation of holy days of, like Sunday and holy days of obligation. Uh, that war is on, but Sheen saw that. Communism was the enemy, was mm. the enemy of the church, and we needed to combat that enemy. And you know, so the holy face is there. It's very interesting that you bring up that those uh, elements of devotion to the holy face, because immediately now I'm kind of making the connection because you think about communism and one, it wants to abolish Sunday. Many of the communists were inspired by the French revolutionaries who wanted to change the calendar, wanted to make the calendar different. And some even were talking about making eight day work days, work weeks, changing the way the seven day calendar structure and trying to abolish well, having the day off on Sunday. And then you think about the, the blasphemies and communism is a naturally atheist. And you can um, even quote Vladimir Lenin, who says atheism is the natural and inseparable part of communism. And so it makes sense that the holy face would be the devotion to combat uh, communism in our times and why Fulton Sheen seemed to have such a devotion to the holy face. So, Alan, the holy face devotion, how did you personally get in touch with this kind of devotion? Well, it was uh, back in 2019, and uh, COVID was starting to uh, uh, reach out over the world. The, um, you know, again, the governments were locking us down. Uh, the churches were being closed. And uh, I was starting to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I always realized that the interior life is the key to spend time in prayer. And yet, um, I think every Catholic has pictures of the Holy Face throughout their home, be it the Shroud of Turin or the Veil of Veronica. And uh, again, as the faces were being covered up by masks, as with the faces were being, they were disappearing because we're all locked down, uh, the Lord wanted to show us His face. And so I started to find that this devotion was speaking not just to me, but to so many others who were locked down, who were in their homes. Um, again, why faces were being covered, the Lord was saying, say to me, Lord, show us thy face and we shall be saved. And I started to open up my Bible. And uh, of course, you realize that the word face is mentioned 840 times. Uh, the word countenance is mentioned 101 times in sacred scripture. So there's this great intimacy that uh, the Lord is saying, I want to show you my face, seek my face. 
and uh, then found the devotion to the Holy Face online. Uh, I enrolled in the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face, and uh, again, just started this journey of um, being a devotee to the Holy Face. And a few years ago, I received a couple of relics of the Holy Face uh, that were commissioned by the Vatican. And so I've uh, been sharing those with uh, people at conferences and parish missions. But again, it was in COVID when we were covering our faces that the Lord showed us his face. Wow. Wow. Praise be to God, Alan. And, you know, we're running out of time, so I guess this will have to be a a longer conversation with you, Alan. We're going to have to talk about the Holy Face more. But one, let's start. Let's end with this. The Holy Face devotion has many people. OK, they may say, OK, is it just me looking at the face? What, what exactly is the devotion itself? Right. Well, the devotion begins with looking upon the face. Um, I think of the great story of St. Vincent de Paul, where he had a difficult child that was giving everybody trouble. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll fix him. And he gave him a picture of the holy face. And he said, just look on the holy face every day, just for a moment or two. And each day this troubled child looked upon the face. And on the 13th day, he came back to St. Vincent de Paul and said, I want you to hear my confession. I realize that our Lord loves me. I've caused him great grief. And I want to reconcile with him. So looking upon the face has a great uh, spiritual merit. Uh, I say to everybody, let's do this. And then there's the prayers of the litanies and the chaplet of the Holy Face. And we'll speak about that next time. But uh, start by looking upon the Lord um, and just uh, looking upon him. And you start to realize that your sin had caused him this grief. And it propels you into this life of making reparation and trying to do something for him out of love for him. So, um, again, uh, that's kind of the nut, the nutshell. In a nutshell, uh, the devotion's heart is looking upon the Lord and as, saying those prayers, Lord, show us thy face and we shall be saved and making a little bit of reparation. Every time you hear a blasphemy, um, say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Combat that blasphemy with uh, just the song of praise and adoration. Amen. Amen. Alan, we're just about out of time. Where can people learn more about the Holy Face devotion? Yeah. So our website is holyfacemiracle.com. That's holyfacemiracle.com. We have a YouTube channel. I try to release something every week on the Holy Face. We pray the chaplet of the Holy Face together on the YouTube channel. But uh, the history is there, um, you know, just different devotions. Um, it's all there, holyfacemiracle.com. And Rudy likes that website a little bit better than some other ones. So now remember, that was holyfacemiracle.com. I repeat, holyfacemiracle.com. God love you, Alan. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. And that's going to do it for that segment, but don't go anywhere. In fact, you should call in. You should pick up the phone and you should dial this number 877-757-9424 because we're giving away a prize. We're giving away an image of the Holy Face. So if you want to win that prize, call in 877-757-9424. You could be a winner. All you got to do is dial that number. We'll be right back. This is the Pope Paul VI Institute Minute with Dr. Tom Hilgers. On August 6, 1978, Pope Paul VI died. This was the Feast of the Transfiguration. After Mass that day, my wife Sue and I agreed that we needed to build a lasting memorial to Pope Paul VI and his encyclical letter, Humanae Vitae. 
It wasn't until 1985 that we were able to really open the doors of this Pope Paul VI Institute for the study of human reproduction. The Institute is now the home of the Creighton Model System, which is a moral means and an extremely accurate means for fertility regulation, unlike the old rhythm method. The Institute is the home of NAPRA technology. It is a home of science at the service of the human person. Until next time, I'm Dr. Tom Hilgers. For a complimentary gift and more information on the Pope Paul VI Institute, log on to www.popepaulvi6.com. Catholic Radio gives us something all day, every day, to fill our lives with our faith. We are completely inundated by the world constantly. Every time you go out shopping, the music that's playing, the the visuals that you see, TV, everything, we need Catholicism filling our minds. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. You that's the number to call in to be a participant on our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could win. And this week, we are giving away a very cool prize that you certainly will want to win because it'll keep you company, especially in times of loneliness. And it's just a good devotion to have all together. 877-757-9424. This is what we're doing. We have three Catholic trivia questions. I have them right in front of me. And the trick is I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, you don't need to know the answers at all to win. Because I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. Rudy's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Thanks be to God. Uh, You know, we've been foreshadowing a little bit this week about Mm -hmm. the prize. So we've been Mm -hmm. talking about certain devotions. We just finished up with uh, our good friend Alan Smith from the Great White North. And we're going to be giving away an image of the holy face because I think that this image, this devotion is the answer to the problems of the day. We have to go and turn to the holy face of Jesus and ask for his intercession. He is a very, very powerful man. I mean, he's God, right? So <laughs> I was gonna, I'm talking about him like a saint or something. But no, this devotion is incredible and we want to promulgate it. So we're giving away a print of the holy face. Well, there you go. So if you would like to win the image of the holy face, and let's just say you call in and you are not the first caller today. I have good news for you. There is still another chance to win tomorrow. That number, 877-757-9424. Keep, your, keep that number on your speed dial because you're going to want to win in, win the image of the Holy Face and you could have another chance tomorrow. But joining us right now is Annabelle. Good morning to you, Annabelle. Good morning, Adrian. It's nice to hear your voice again. Remind me, you're from Frisco? Correct. Amen. Amen. It's good to hear your voice, Annabelle. Where are you off to this morning? 
Well, I'm getting ready to attend Mass. Hey, praise be to God. Do us a yes. huge favor, if you would. I, I feel bad even asking, but would you be so kind as to offer up a prayer for the CDT team? Always. Thank you sure. very much, Annabelle. Annabelle, we are very grateful for that. Now, Annabelle, do you have a devotion to the Holy Face? No, I don't, but I have been hearing a lot about it, so maybe it's time to start one. Well, there you go. Praise maybe you this is the sign that God is mm-hmm. giving you to win this prize and have a devotion to the Holy Face. And you are a veteran, Annabelle. You know how the game works. The question is, though, how tricky will Rudy be today? Are you ready to jump in, Annabelle? I'm ready as ready as I can be. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Sometimes these questions are too tricky for me. So, uh, Rudy, how, how are you feeling today? Are you going to – you're feeling tricky? You know, I feel like I've just been supernaturally changed inside. Mm. Mm. And my ways of being tricky in the past, they're behind me now. Yeah. You've At had least, a grand that's what return. I, that's what I told myself this morning in the mirror. Yeah. So let's see well, if I can do it. We'll see. We'll see if he can keep <laughs> to his resolution. New Year's resolutions tend to break down pretty quickly. So let's find out. Uh, Rudy, <laughs> let's begin with question number one. The question on the board is, name the four ends of the Mass. One might say some ends. You could say telos, the purpose, the four Ooh. reasons. Four ends? Mass. Man, I thought it was just one. Nope. Well, it turns out Holy Mother of the Church has four ends of the Mass. Okay. The first one is... Mm-hmm. Adoration. Adoration, got it. Give adoration to God. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Give thanks to God. Got it. Propitiation. Propitiation, which is okay. The sacrifice of the holy, uh, holy the holy mass. And petition. And petition. Petition. Okay. Okay. I'm seeing what you're Otherwise saying. Otherwise known as uh what was the, the acronym here? It's uh, Well, the acronym you might be thinking of is ACTS. Yes, yeah. and it changes they the change, word, but yeah, the, the yeah. thing is the same. Axe. Yeah, there what. you go. All right, Annabelle. 15 seconds on the clock. This is a very difficult question. Very hard. It's a Rudy's people, clearly being A lot of people tricky. don't know this, actually. Name the four ends of the Mass. Annabelle, Rudy says it's adoration, thanksgiving, propitiation, and petition. What say you, Annabelle, from Frisco, Texas? Well, we know that those are... So the mass is the highest form of prayer. So I'm gonna say yes. You're gonna say yes. All right. Let's see. Survey says that is correct, Annabelle. <laughs> it's like she goes to daily mass or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So huh. today, when you're at daily mass, now you can think about. Hmm. I am doing. I'm here participating in holy mass to adore God, to give thanksgiving to Him, to offer propitiation. And to petition him. So praise be to God. You are rocking in Annabelle. 100% success rate so far. How do you feel so far? I feel great. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to jump into question number two? Let's do it. Let's do it, she says. All right, Rudy, here it is. What is God's primary? That's a hint. Primary. It's a hint. Primary purpose in establishing marriage. It is for the the mutual benefit of the husband and wife. That's it. Just okay. two two lovebirds, you know, they just get together and they just love each other. Mm. That's it. Mm. So you're saying the primary end, the reason why God established marriage mm-hmm. is for the mutual goods of the spouses? Yep. 
All right. Annabelle, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, what is God's primary purpose in establishing marriage? Rudy says, it's for union of the spouses, for the mutual good of the spouses. Uh, what say you, Annabelle from Frisco, Texas? Hmm. Although that's part of it, supposed to take each other to heaven, I think it's children, because that's what he told us in Genesis. Oh, well, there you go, Annabelle. Let's see. Survey says... That is correct! Way to go! Annabelle. Rudy the Tricky over here almost... Well, I didn't say... uh, He actually didn't almost get you. You knew. You knew. You had no doubt in your mind. That is correct. The primary reason why our Lord established marriage is to populate the earth and to raise up saints who will fill heaven, otherwise known as procreation, to to fill the earth and subdue it. So praise be to God, Annabelle, you rocked it. The secondary end would be the mutual good of the spouses, the unification of the spouses, and all that jazz. But God bless you, Annabelle. You are clearly a well-formed Catholic. Well, thanks be to God for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Annabelle, well, you you got two for two. You got the hardest question right so far, and there is still one more question. 100% success rate. Are you ready for question number three? All right. Let's go. All right. Let's go. She says, Rudy, question numero trace, which is actually Tagale for three. Trace. Tagale? You mean Tagalog? Tagalog. <laughs> I can totally say words in other languages. Don't judge me. The question is... Being able to make good decisions in life is which gift of the Holy Spirit? The gift of the Holy Spirit, foreshadowing. That happens to be something you're very good at, Adrian. Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks be to God. Counsel. Counsel. You give me counsel every single day. Oh. Because I'm unraveling every day. Can you believe Rudy thanks saying be to nice God. things about me? Thanks be to God for Adrian. Actually, Rudy says nice things about me way too much, actually. But, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Rudy. All right, Annabelle, 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, being able to make good decisions in life is which gift of the Holy Spirit? Rudy says it is the gift of counsel. What say you, Annabelle, heading off to Holy Mass? Oh, wow. I think that's right to me. Hmm. Yeah. When you, we're having trouble, you know, go to my mom, my dad, I talk to the Lord. Okay. So your so your answer is yes. Yes. All right. Let's see. Survey says. That is correct. Way to go, Annabelle. Three for three. A hundred percent success rate. God bless you, Annabelle. How do you feel? Great! This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> amazing! Praise be to God, Annabelle. I'm glad that you were able to uh, to e- easily get through get through these questions. I was I was surprised at uh, your in- intellectual level. I'm, a, I, I'm clearly you're actually a secret theologian, right? Yeah, right. Praise be to God, Annabelle. Nonetheless, you at least know your catechism very well. But God bless you, Annabelle. I need you to stay on the line so we we can make sure we get your contact information. Uh, But thank you very much for calling in today. And and thank you for agreeing to pray for us at Holy Mass. Thank you, and God bless you all. God bless you. Let's pray for one another. And that's going to do it for the radio side. Can you believe it? But... 
before we go. If you're like, oh, Adrian, I wanted to call in and play the game because I wanted a chance to win a prize, I have good news for you because you could still win a prize. All you have to go do is go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle and you could purchase a raffle ticket to win a brand new Mercedes Benz. That's Mercedes Benz, not Mercedes Benz, as I've been corrected multiple times. Mercedes Benz. A 2024 GLB 250 in night black. We're giving away that Mercedes Benz and you could win it. All you have to do is go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle and you can pick up a raffle ticket or you can pay it forward and buy a raffle ticket for someone you know that might like to win a brand new car. But that's going to do it for the radio side. If you'd like to join us in the after show, I have good news. We're live streaming across our platforms today. So Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, you can go and find us there. Just look up Catholic Drive Time on your favorite social media platform and you'll be able to find us there and leave a comment. And we love to interact with you directly. But if not, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. And remember, keep your Christmas decorations up until February 2nd. At least I am. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. But if you want to, I'm going to keep them up to February 2nd. You could join me in doing so. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Great Thursday of the first week of Ordinary Time. This morning's Mass is being offered for all of our listeners on Guadalupe Radio Network, for our online viewers, and for those here present. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation. Join the great throng. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, 
and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christ eleison. Christ eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie let us pray. Attend to the pleas of your people with heavenly care, O Lord, we pray, that they may see what must be done and gain strength to do what they have seen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. A reading from the first book of Samuel. The Philistines gathered for an attack on Israel. Israel went out to engage them in battle and camped at Ebenezer, while the Philistines camped at Apak. The Philistines then drew up in battle formation against Israel. After a fierce struggle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who slew about 4,000 men on the battlefield. When the troops retired to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord permitted us to be defeated today by the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the Lord from Shiloh, that it may go into battle among us and save us from the grasp of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought from there the ark of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned upon the cherubim. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were with the ark of God. When the ark of the Lord arrived in the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth resounded. The Philistines, hearing the noise of the shouting, asked, What can this loud shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? On learning that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were frightened. They said, Gods have come to their camp. They also said, Woe to us! This has never happened before. Woe to us! Who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods that struck the Egyptians with various plagues and with pestilence. Take courage and be manly, Philistines, otherwise you will become slaves to the Hebrews as they were your slaves. So fight manfully. The Philistines fought and Israel was defeated. Every man fled to his own tent. It was a disastrous defeat in which Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The Ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were among the dead. The Word of the Lord. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. Yet now you have cast us off and put us in disgrace and you go not forth with our armies. 
You have let us be driven back by our foes, those who hated us, plundered us at will. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. You made us the reproach of our neighbors, the mockery and the scorn of those around us. You made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. Why do you hide your face, forgetting our woe and our oppression? For our souls are bowed down to dust, our bodies are pressed to the earth. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to him and kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leper, and said to him, I do will it be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. Then he said to him, See that you tell no one anything. But go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's first reading from the first book of Samuel, we hear of a crushing defeat of the Israelites at the hands of the Philistines. What made the defeat particularly devastating is that the Israelites actually brought with them the Ark of the Covenant, which was the surest sign of the presence of God in their midst, and therefore, as was indicated by their rallying cries and jovial nature when the Ark arrived in the camp, it was simply devastating that they would go on and lose this battle to the Philistines in such a rounding defeat, despite the fact that they had the presence of God with them there in the ark. But of course, what the indication is that it was one thing for them to make a token effort to bring the Ark of the Covenant with them into battle. In a certain way, we could say to try to use God for their pleasure and for their victory. But it was another thing to say they brought God's presence with them into the fight, but were they really united with God in their hearts and minds? And in the time of Eli, when this battle took place, it is known that the Israelites, in fact, had strayed from God, that the iniquities of Eli and of the nation were known, 
And in a way, this became really kind of a half-hearted gesture to bring God's presence with them. But they really were not of one mind and heart with the Lord in their relationship. And as a result, they suffer a crushing defeat. In today's gospel, we see a rather different perspective from the attitude of the leper and from his encounter with Jesus. The leper in the first place comes before Jesus with an open heart. He comes prepared to receive the goodness of God. He comes to receive victory with God to overcome his leprosy. But he also comes in a position of a real relationship. And bowing down, getting on his knees before Jesus, there is a moment of worship and adoration there that the leper recognizes who Jesus is. There's also a notion of a humble petition. We can see it in the words of the leper when he says, if you wish, you can make me clean. Those words, if you wish, you can make me clean. He knows Jesus has the power to do it. He believes in him. He trusts in him. But he also leaves a space and openness to say, I know it has to be God's will. And God works all things for good in my life. If he wants to heal me, he can. But maybe in his mysterious designs, it's not of his will to heal me in this moment. And so he comes forward and he makes this humble petition for God's will. And then, of course, when the miracle happens and the leprosy is cleansed, the leper goes off and he praises God and shares what it is that Jesus has done for him. The leper really provides for us a kind of model for what our attitude and disposition ought to be in our relationship with God. That we ought to be open to him, that we ought to be adoring and worshiping him, that recognizing that God is God, he is not there to be used merely to try and get whatever it is we want. We have to be humbly open to his will, recognizing that he knows better than us. And finally, to be in a position to praise and glorify God and to share the good things he has done in our life with other people. This is the path that the leper followed in his relationship with Jesus. It was the path that God was pleased with in granting the leper healing and it is the path that we too desire to have in our spiritual life. And so, my brothers and sisters, today as we go forward, let us ask God for the grace that we would always be authentic and sincere in our relationship to him, that we would truly be open to his presence, not just when we need him desperately, but at every moment of our life. And let us ask that we would always be humble in our petitions and trusting in God's will. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders that they would be inspired by the Holy Spirit to enact just laws that would safeguard and promote the dignity of human life from the first moment of conception, and laws that would never transgress the natural law. We pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, 
that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. For our family, friends, and benefactors, for those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Network, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to the sacred priesthood and religious life, we pray to the Lord. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Come thou almighty King, help us thy name to sing, help us to praise. Father of glorious, soar of victorious, come and reign over us, ancient of days. Come thou incarnate word, Gird on thy mighty sword, our prayer attend. Come and thy people bless, and give thy word success. Establish thy righteousness, Savior and friend. Come, holy comforter, thy sacred witness bear. In this glad hour, Thou who are mighty heart, Now rule in every heart, And ne'er from us to part, Spirit of power. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May your people's oblation, O Lord, find favor with you, we pray, that it may restore them to holiness and obtain what they devoutly entreat through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for in goodness you created man, and when he was justly condemned, in mercy you redeemed him through Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. 
Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. institutione formati, dicere, Pater noster, Quies in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, 
Panem nostrum corditianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Adoro te devote, latens deitas, que subis figuris vere latitas. Tibi secor meum totum subjicit, quia te contemplans totum deficit. Visus tactus gustus in te falitu, 
Set out the to solo to to creditu. Credo quid quid ixite filius. Nil hoc verbo veritatis verius. In cruce la tebat sola deitas. Ariglatet simulet humanitas. Ambo tamen credens adque confitens. Peto quod petivit latro penitens. Plaga sicutomas non intueo. Deum tamen meum te confiteo. Fac me tibi semper magis credere, in te spema bere te deligere. Let us pray. Humbly we ask you, Almighty God, be graciously pleased to grant that those you renew with your sacraments may also serve with lives pleasing to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Vita St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.